Third Shift presents The Imposter's Guide to Gaming, your quick fix for gaming news. Here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. We're here! Welcome everybody to the General Gaming Funtime Emporium that is IG2G. I'm one of your hosts, Matt. With me as always is Eric. This week we're going to be talking about all kinds of crazy stuff. I got crazy deals for you. I got crazy stories for you. I don't even know what Eric's talking about, but we're going to find out in 3, 2, 1, go! Yeah! Top 5 Releases all right, starting us off real quick on the releases. Dropping on the 24th of April for only 30 bucks. we got Frostpunk, developed and published by 11-Bit Studios for PC only. These are the guys who brought you This War of Mine, which is was a survival slash kind of like trying to make your way in this grim, dark, war-torn world. And they're back with another grim, dark, depressing-style world game in Frostpunk. This is their take on a city-building slash survival slash management sim in a climate-changed frozen world. So if you want, like, you know, struggling to get resources to kind of power the last human city, struggling with the human resources of getting workers to where they're supposed to be safely so they can build another thing so you can expand the city, this is going to be the game for you. I've been hearing lots of good stuff about this game. It's visually gorgeous. I mean, I was watching some trailers and some reviews of it. Outstanding graphics. I hear it's, it, it's kind of a stripped down management game so if you're not usually a city builder guy you know there's only like five resources you gotta keep an eye on the city building itself isn't too much you only have a few building types here and there to work with but the cool thing about this is since you're the you know the ruler of the city you got to make all the hard decisions so you know you got to decide you know food's getting scarce so you got to go with lower quality food or higher quality food but you're, there's going to be less of it well if you go with higher quality food some of your people are going to be starving so you're going to have to face you know, those starving people when they come to you and say, hey, we can't work, we have no food, you know, you got to make those hard choices. So if you like these kinds of games, it's probably going to be right up your alley. If you're not a big fan of city management games, like I said, this kind of eases you in a little bit. It strips down all the really tough stuff. And if you like making hard choices, this is going to be the game for you. Go and check it out. It's Frostpunk. Speaking of managing resources, up next we have a wonderful Nintendo Labo out April 20th, 2018, of course made by Nintendo themselves. This comes in two different sets. There is one set which is a robot kit, which is the extensive larger set. You're gonna if you got little kids, you're gonna need to probably be sitting around helping them out because it's got a whole sorts of strings and rubber bands, all sorts of cool attachments that get up onto the switch and then allow you to go stomping around in a little you know world in which you just bust down buildings, throw cars around, act a fool pretty darn cool pretty neat and of course this whole thing attaches to your body so you look like the same goofy robot that you play as on the actual switch a lot of fun looks really neat definitely for kids but if you got a great imagination or if you have kids and want to just be a big kid for a little bit great for you as well the second one is the one that a lot of people seem to be really attaching to, more so than the robot, which is the Variety Kit. And this one comes with two Toy-Con RC cars, a Toy-Con fishing rod, a Toy-Con house, and a Toy-Con motorbike, as well as the often-seen piano, which everybody's been talking about and everybody likes because it's a cool little concept, whereas you hit the switch in there and you get the controllers just right, and you punch the keys and it makes little tunes on the switch for you so you can be a little musician. Once again... These are all just very smartly put together. 
and using everything that the Joy-Con controllers have to make all sorts of fun little activities that you do on the Switch. But, of course, you use cardboard to build all these cool little machine nations, like the, the fishing rod one was one in particular I thought was really neat, where you got the little string, and it's got the rubber band and like a pulley system going, so it actually gives you tension when a fish mm. gets on, and you get that nice little jerk and sway back and forth. Really cool. This setup, once again, I definitely say for the most part, it is for kids to have a ton of fun building and then, of course, playing with because the games themselves are really simple, just a little, you know, simple fun, nothing extravagant, nothing crazy. But I, I can't say it enough, just the fun of building them and the idea of this whole thing is really awesome, and I look forward to seeing Nintendo branch out and cover all sorts of really cool different things and even getting into areas where adults would actually have a lot of fun with this. Mm-hmm. So... What a wonderful idea. We've talked about it extensively before. Check out our previous IG2G if you want to really get an in-depth look at what we thought of the whole thing. But this is out currently, so go pick it up right now and have a blast. Next up, also dropping on the 24th of April. This one's for 40 bucks. developed by Hairbrain Schemes, published by Paradox Interactive. This is the latest entry in a franchise or universe that's very near and dear to my heart. I'm talking about Battletech. This dropped for PC, Mac, and Linux. This is the kick-started turn-based strategy version of Battletech. It's where you're controlling like a four-person lance. You're, you're playing as a mercenary squad. You're doing a big campaign mode all about you know, an exiled ruler who's trying to get back her house from the people who kicked her out. And in between all that, you're taking on mercenary missions, you're earning money, you're upgrading your squad, you're update, upgrading your mechs, you're customizing your characters, you're doing all kinds of cool stuff. And then, of course, when, it, when the time comes, you're going into battle, turn-based strategy style, just watching videos of it, it made me think of Front Mission 3, all the good times I had on the PlayStation back in those days. You know, it's it's Battletech. If you like Battletech, if you like Mech Warrior, if you like the Mech Warrior universe, I used to read all the books as a kid. This got me super stoked. Graphics are super nice. I will say, like, the cutscenes in this are, like, the best. They're, like, 2D cutscenes, you know, kind of, like, animated just a little bit. They kind of look like concept art that's been come to life, but they're so gorgeous. Like, even just, like, watching, watching a review, they were showing, like, little bits of the cutscenes as transitions, and it's like... I just want to live in this beautiful, drawn world. It's absolutely ridiculous. You know, sound design, the campaign, the graphics, they're all pretty good. The only downside I've been hearing about this is you you get hit by the RNG gods really hard. So if your enemy has like one HP left on his left arm and he's got all his, you know, PPC cannon in there and he's got all his cool stuff on his left arm and you really want to target it and you target it, it says like 99% chance to hit it. You can shoot off all your stuff, and you'll miss that arm completely. You'll hit his center cockpit. You'll hit his leg. You'll hit this. You'll miss. You'll miss everything, and then he'll be like, "Oh, one percent chance to hit you," and he'll blow up your entire center torso, and one of your guys is gone. So, if you have bad luck with the RNG gods, as I know my buddy Eric does, as I usually do, this is gonna be a tough game for you to stomach. I'm thinking this is kind of like XCOM levels of meanness from the few reviews I've read. But if you can deal with that, if you have really good luck, this is an awesome depiction of late Dark Age Battletech and that whole universe. So if you love Battletech, you already have this. I mean, I don't need to tell you, but if you like turn-based combat, if you like big mechs, if you like customizing big mechs, this is going to be right up your alley too. So check it out. It's Battletech. Next up is a a strange little game that caught my eye. I wasn't going to look at this any further, but I couldn't (laughs) Sure you weren't, Eric. Sure you weren't. (laughs) 
This one's been on my list ever since I heard about it six months ago. Woo! <laughs> I know what you're thinking, Matt, but I took that one off the table. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yes. Dang it! I, I can't. I can't give. I can't give up the chance to talk about Agatha Knife. This game hit on the Switch April 26th. It's also on PC and Xbox One. This game was developed by Mango Protocol and is classified as an adventure point-and-click type game. Now, let me tell you about this game. This is why, instead of going with the awesome Gal Gun 2 game I was going to tell you guys all about, <laughs> I went with this one. It's because the game revolves around a, a, a girl, Agatha. She's a seven-year-old child, and she lives with a very poor family who are a bunch of butchers. She loves animals, but she loves meat as well. So she has this conundrum uh, of, of course, murdering said pets and animals because she wants to eat them. And so to make it right, uh, her parents and everything start getting into religion and prayer because, of course, they've hit upon hard times and nobody's there helping them. So she sees the concepts of religion and stuff like that and goes, well, maybe if I develop a religion based around convincing the animals that they want to be butchered and that it's holy to be butchered, then this will be okay because then I can love my animals and they'll love me. And, of course, then I can kill them and eat them. Now, you should already know this is a game perfect for me. Oh, my so God. So the whole game revolves around you, as I said, uh, wandering around, talking to different characters in the game about very adult subjects uh, of religion, um, politics, you know, the poor versus rich, etc. All these things are covered, and, and it's through a seven-year-old's head. So it's like, real. she doesn't quite understand it all, but of course the adults are just basically talking to her like she's like she's an adult almost, so that's a little weird. But mm-hmm. I just love the concept of you going around solving small puzzles, figuring out uh, how the world works, and, and of course trying to figure out how to make this new religion in which the animals will love you, and at the same time you can kill and eat them. It's a short little game, you know, five, six hours long, but it looks fun. The graphics are like a um, like an old Adventure Time cartoon, South Park-ish, kind of like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So nothing like out of this world, nothing spectacular, no like gorgeous colors and crazy artwork, but it's solid and it looks, you know, just fun. The music's kind of, uh, it's decent, but not like super varied. Other than that. I would say, hey, if you got a few hours on your hands and you want to know how a seven-year-old girl convinces animals to let her kill them and eat them while still the, having them love her, this might be a game for you. So last but not least, speaking of solving simple puzzles and kind of deep themes, we're going with Solo for the PC, developed and published by Team Gotham. This dropped on the 26th of April for only 15 bucks. This was a game that was crowdfunded via a system I don't know of called Fig, fig.co. And this is a really beautiful introspective puzzler. It's all about love and your own experiences with it. Basically, in this game, you're going around this this little archipelago, all these little islands, and you're activating totems. And these totems will ask you questions about your own thoughts about love, your own experiences about love, and the game kind of tailors itself around that. And you know your your answers to the initial questions influence the other quest, the next questions that the next islands will ask you. And it's all about just, you know, kind of thinking and, you know, dealing with maybe your complex emotions about the subject or thinking more about it if you haven't experienced these kind of emotions. It's really just a a mellow, quiet, kind of sort of melancholy, but not really kind of game. The graphics are really simple, but really bright and cute and colorful and really gorgeous in, like I said, that kind of simple kind of way. 
I don't know. It's just really interesting. You're, you're kind of, as you're answering these questions and solving these puzzles, like another little character will pop up next to you and ask you even more questions or help you do a puzzle. Like after you answer the questions from a totem, this other character appears and you work together to like crank the gears that put another island up. So it's it's all about togetherness and love and all these kinds of nice things, but could be also really melancholy things. It really depends on what your experience is and how you tailor the game to be. I was just watching a few gameplay trailers of it and it sounded really interesting. And like I said, graphics are gorgeous. Sound is really kind of cool and chill and melancholy. And it just, it just hit all those right notes if you're in the mood for that right kind of game. So check out Solo if you, if you want to feel good or if you want to feel depressed. I don't know. You could take it either way. There you go. Number five. First up today, everyone's all pumped up about God of War, getting back in that Norse mythology. All that. Roar! I love it. Roar. Yeah, man. I know. This yeah. is the game of the year for you. Trust me. You Zoom. just don't know it yet, okay? Woohoo. <laughs> so everyone's pumped up. Everyone's loving it. So I thought I'd go ahead and mention that, hey, guess what? Jotun Valhalla Edition is arriving on the Switch. When? What? April 27th, 2018. This title was developed by Thunder Lotus Games. It's an action-adventure sort of game. Now, some of you may, of course, recognize this name, and that's because this game originally came out in 2015 for the PlayStation 4, Wii U, and Xbox One, but of course is now appearing on the Switch. So if you missed it for those, you might want to pick it up here, especially since the Switch is portable and everybody loves it, and da 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 Now, what is this game? Well, you play as a, a female named Thora, who is out at sea, ends up dying at sea, and then is resurrected and given a second chance to go through the halls of the North mythology, going to the different gods, etc., 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 and of course, fighting her way through all sorts of garbage. <laughs> you get a chance to like do a thing. I don't know. There's like Odin and like a wolf, and maybe there's a big tree. Whatever well, it is. So what? It, I hate giving away spoilers, but. I mean, I don't know what people consider spoilers anymore because everything's a spoiler. So in right, general, true. you're given a second chance and you're going through the, the gods area. You know, It's hard to explain because, of course, this is all hand-drawn art. And so it's these different environments and then you engage the gods and then they have you battling these titans and other creatures from Norse mythology to prove yourself. And, of course, your whole goal in here is to prove that you're a worthy warrior and, of course, gain you know your acceptance into the Valhalla, et cetera, et cetera. It's a very basic tale, but the catch here is what makes it awesome. And if you don't know, it's all, like I said, hand-drawn. So the artwork is just gorgeous in this, and the, the music is also very, very good. Uh, the gameplay itself is pretty basic. Uh, you have an axe, you have like a, a one swing, and then you have like a three-set combo. You have like a power strike. And then as you're going through the storyline and defeating these bosses, you'll gain abilities from the gods. So you'll like get a giant hammer strike, etc. Things like that to help you along the way. Um, it's it's what you'd imagine from a top-down type game. You you wander around through the area, solve medium to easy puzzles. They're not super challenging. Make your way to the boss area. The bosses are usually these giant monstrosities of you know things coming out at you, and of course they have different patterns and they stomp the ground. Some do lightning strikes here and there, and you got to move around, find their weak points, hit it, etc., etc. That kind of stuff. But as I said, I thought this was a very good-looking game. Once again, a short one, probably six, seven hours. 
looks like a lot of fun if you love that hand-drawn type style and you love a nice like just mellow mellow soundtrack with some medium to easy grade puzzles this might be something to check out i know i was interested i i actually i probably won't look at it on the switch just because pc is starting to be this beautiful thing you know steam and all that so i might mm-hmm. go check it out over there because uh, I can get it with my Steam points. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it just shows up a hundred times you are. Steam has kind of like become a thing. This, but You can get games for like 23 cents for like the past six years, dude. I don't pay attention to Steam. Jesus. You know, I've listened to the video game podcast so long. And, of course, they go, Steam, where all the garbage goes to die. So I'm like, yeah, I don't want to go to Steam and fish around because they always talk about oh it's so hard to find anything there it's just garbage everywhere with gems you know hidden away and i'm like well if you know what you want then you just click was, the say there's a search it. bar you just yeah. click and you go i want this game and it goes exactly. hey there it is for five bucks so whatever anywho's <laughs> jotun Valhalla edition is out on the switch so go get it have a blast and kill all those bad norse creatures that nobody likes Number four. Next up, we got a segment that our buddy Howard has been asking me to do for a long time. He said, oh, hey, man, why don't you tell me what the free games are on the PSN so I can download them and never play them because I never touch my, PS- my PSN ever. Oh, then you just download the games and I never do them. So I thought, you know what? Since there wasn't much big news that caught my eye, I'll do a roundup of the games that are coming for May for PSN, Xbox Live, Twitch Prime, and there's a pretty cool Humble Bundle that I figured I'd tell you guys about. So coming up in May for PSN, for PS Plus members, for PS4 you got Beyond Two Souls and Rayman Legends, two fantastic games by all accounts for the Rayman Legends part. I can directly speak to Beyond Two Souls. I absolutely love that game. Now, keep in mind, you have to like and understand David Cage games to like that game, but it'll give you a kind of experience you won't get from any other kind of game. So, 100% guaranteed happiness and results for Beyond Two Souls and Rayman Legends. For PS3, you got Risen 3 and Eat Them, and then Vita, which cross-buys with your PS4. You got Furman's and King Oddball, which I don't know anything about. So rolling on into Xbox Live, games with gold coming up in May. We've got Super Mega Baseball 2. Looks like a cartoony baseball game. Know nothing about it. But then you have one of the best games ever made, if not just the best stealth action game ever made, Metal Gear Solid V The Phantom Pain. If you don't own that, you need to get it. You will find something to love in that game. That game is outstanding. I still haven't beaten it yet. That's still on my gaming resolutions for this year. It's outstanding. Love it. Then for 360, you got Streets of Rage Collection. You see, you got all three games. You can't go wrong with those, especially for free. And Vanquish, which is another fantastic over the top action game. Cannot recommend Vanquish highly enough. I played that one like two or three times through just because it was so much fun to shoot robots and kick robots and slide around and beat the crap out of robots. Fantastic game there. Now for Twitch Prime, you got a lot of indie games or games I don't know too much about. You got High Hell, you got I Hope, you got Cluster Truck, you got Titan Souls, and then you got the two big ones. You got Gone Home, an excellent narrative game which everyone's been giving away for free, so why not get it for free here too? And you got Psychonauts, which everybody loves from back in the day. So pretty good selection there. I mean, everything's free here, so why not just get all these free games? But if you want to pay a little bit of money for some games, the Humble Store has a cool Capcom cross-Sega sale for PlayStation owners. So if you want to throw down just a little bit of bucks and get a whole lot of games, 
this is going to be the bundle for you. And the very base level, you can get Dead Rising, Dust Force, Crazy Taxi, and Super Monkey Ball. And if you want to pay, I think the over the minimum was like 11 bucks. You also get Resident Evil HD Remaster. You get the Mega Man Legacy Collection. You get Resident Evil Code Veronica X, Sonic Generations, Binary Domain, and Alien Isolation, because Howard will never give me his copy, even though he never plays it. Maybe I'll spend 11 bucks and get a whole bunch more games. But if you want to up your donation to 15 bucks, you also get Dead Rising 2 and Valkyria Chronicles Remastered. So, I mean, why would you not get that? I'm going to get this just to get Valkyria Chronicles Remastered for only 15 bucks and get all these other games with it, too. So if you like free games, if you like cheap games, May is the month for you, and definitely jump on that Humble Bundle deal. I think that was only good for, like, seven more days. So go ahead and get a whole bunch of games. Just great games, some games I don't know about, but you can just get all these games in your pocket. Put them all in your pocket. Number three. Do you guys like Zelda? Do you like roguelites? Well, guess what? I got a title for you. We got the Swords of Ditto for the PlayStation 4 and, of course, PC. Out as of April 24, 2018, developed by One Bit Beyond. This title was something brought up to me in another podcast just a little while ago that I, I was like, what? What are they talking about? So I went and checked this one out. And it's exactly what I was telling you. It's an over-the-top, cartoon, very colorful, good-looking title in which you play a hero who wields, guess what? You know what it is? It's a sword of ditto! I was going to say like a blanket. You like flap your blanket at enemies or something. Like the guy from uh, Charlie Brown? Yeah. Yeah. Dust balls everywhere. (laughs) You're you're mixing the two of them now. (laughs) Oh, that's right. There's the dirty fool and the the safety blanket guy. Oh, no. (laughs) <laughs> they're all, they're both scrubs. Nobody cares about them. <laughs> oh goodness! So what happens here is apparently the sort of ditto awakens whenever the uh, evil Mormu comes around, and this is every hundred years. And a hero comes with it, grabs a sort of ditto. You go on an adventure, much just like Zelda, over the top. You're slashing your sword back and forth, hitting the shrubbery, getting gems and jewels and and uh, money, health pots, all that stuff out of it. The enemies come down at you. They've got little HP bars above their heads. And you go looking for, of course, items to help you destroy the evil witch and go to the dungeons to get more items to help you destroy the evil witch. And also, real kind of unique to this is there's these Breath of the Wild sort of event where the evil witch, of course, is waiting for you in the final dungeon. And you have one week to gather whatever you want to and go face her. But you have to do it at the end of that week. And so in between, you can go gather whatever you want. Whenever you go into dungeons and shops, things like that, time stops. But whenever you're out, it keeps ticking on by. Now, there's these two things called anchors that are in two different dungeons that you can go destroy if you so wish to. And then that'll make the final boss easier to beat. Much like, like I said, in Breath of the Wild, where you could go do the four guardians and then go beat Ganon. Mm-hmm. This is the same thing. Day one, if you're confident, you could just speed right through, go straight in, kill her, bada bing, bada boom. But of course, being that's roguelike, it's a little difficult. You're not, you know, unless you're real good at this kind of thing, you're going to get your butt handed to you time and time again and die. What happens when you die? Well, guess what? You lose a bunch of your stuff, and then 100 years passes, and all of a sudden, the sword awakens, and you start over once again. And then you have to go through using what's left of your experience and your items and try again over and over until, of course, you succeed. Roguelike. This game's colorful. This game has great music. 
it looks like a lot of fun. It's a little plays out a little clunky. Um, it, it could have some systems. For example, uh, there's a laser that you get in this game, and you can use it to, of course, shoot the little laser ball, the little you know magic orbs to make bridges, things like that. It doesn't line up real well and doesn't have any kind of system where when you hit it, it kind of locks on. So it's mm-hmm. easy just to fly right past it. And sometimes no. it'll like glitch out a little bit, so you got to just finagle it. But, of course, if there's a lot of baddies around at the time, if you haven't cleared and you're just trying to go for speeding, that can become frustrating. So mm-hmm. there's that. And then, of course, the areas are procedurally generated, which adds, of course, to the replayability. But on the same end, sometimes some of the patterns that are put together – or awkward so you'll run around thinking this whole area is going to go to something and it's literally just nothing a dead end or they'll have like a room in a dungeon that is just random stuff but that doesn't do anything so there'll be like huh. an orb you can shoot but it has no purpose because it's just a random block place there oh because it's just because it's just yeah, boop, yeah boop, boop, i got gotcha. you it makes sure there's it makes sure there's always a way to get to where you need to be but then mm-hmm. it, when it adds the extras, sometimes you come up with just dead ends and things that are useless. So it can yeah, get just, confusing. Here, here's an asset for a puzzle on a different thing, but I'm just randomly placing the asset yes, here. To, to fill space because of the you know what we need for that per, part of the room. Yeah. So that can be kind of weird. But if you're good at these types of games and you've played them before, like I said, especially like Zelda-like games... It, that I don't think that's a hurdle too far to go mm. to get to a title which I think looks really nice and looks like a lot of fun. Uh, there's a, a nice variety of baddies. I only saw a few levels played through, so I don't know if they start repeating after some you know some point. But what was there was you know colorful, fun, and uh, of course the items are really cool. The bombs, you get your laser beams, you get your ice things, and some other stuff where I wasn't really sure what the heck it was doing, and the playthroughs weren't showing me all of them. So mm-hmm. I would recommend it. I actually, uh, I've said this before on IG2G, I have some Steam Bucks sitting around, and yeah. I watched enough to where I'm thinking I'm going to get Night in the Woods in this now instead of, uh, I don't remember what the heck I was looking at before that, but I was going to go with two other small indie titles, and I was like, you know, I think I'm going to get Swords of Ditto. <laughs> Screw this. So, nice. Yeah. If it convinces me that it's good, if you're like me, you like those RPGs, those old school adventure games, and of course you got to like roguelikes, I would recommend go checking this out because it looks like a lot of fun and, and apparently people were having fun playing it. Number two. Now, as I said earlier, there weren't any really big news stories that caught my eye this week. So I'm putting these three under the little gaming umbrella or under the little header of weird gaming that could only happen in this day and age. So first up, we got Rockstar. We got Grand Theft Auto 4. Now, why the heck am I talking about Grand Theft Auto 4? That's from forever ago. And I'm guessing this is due to the server still being online for the multiplayer. But just recently, this week or this past week, Rockstar has stated that they have to put out a big giant patch for all Grand Theft Auto 4 users because licenses for a lot of the songs in the game on the radio have come due and they're able they're either not able to relicense them or they're too expensive and they're not just just not going to bother so this giant patch is going to rip the songs off of your radio station and in some cases replace them with others or in some cases you just don't get to listen to those songs anymore even though you have them on a disc that's in your console right now and you you have it you have the song but you just can't listen to it anymore because the licenses came due. 
I, I mean, this is something that's never happened before, never really been able to happen before. I can play Grand Theft Auto Vice City right now and listen to all that music right now. Same thing with San Andreas, Grand Theft Auto 3, rock and roll racing, any kind of thing. Licenses come due all the time, but companies have never either been able to or had to go in and just rip them out of your system. So it's, again, another one of those weird always online things that I just thought was at least worth a mention. There's not too much to talk about in there, but I just just one of those weird things that is going to start happening now. If you like your licensed tracks in your games, you might not always have them around. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's weird that that's going down like it is. It seems like when you bought the rights to use that track in the game, it would be an understood thing that it's going to be there for mm-hmm. an unlimited amount of time but that obviously isn't the case and they're like oh you had four years and now it's psh- what <laughs> yeah and i think maybe it's just that unique scenario because like i said the multiplayer for gta 4 is still there mm-hmm. and i know you could drive cars in that and presumably listen to the radio station so maybe it's considered an ongoing thing so True. you just have to constantly renew them I don't know, but I thought that was a weird story. And now something else that's not really weird, but is is kind of interesting, is this is going to tie into our major discussion topic later in the episode, but everyone knows Battle Royale is the biggest thing ever. Everyone likes Battle Royales. Everyone wants to Battle Royale. There's a board game on Kickstarter that is now getting in on the Battle Royale fever. This game called Last One Standing, and like I said, it's a board game. It's going on Kickstarter right now, and it basically uses the Battle Royale format. You're on an island, and there's loot drops, there's weapons, you attack all your other buddies, but I think they said the the system of it is if you don't pick up a weapon and attack somebody, you take away pieces of the island that you're all standing on. So it's, I mean, it's Battle Royale as a board game now because it's so cool in video games just another one of those weird hey this is that moment in time right now where this is the thing so even board games are getting in on the action <laughs> Eric's shaking his head that's all we got on that one <laughs> goodness gracious man that's, that's too far man it's too far <laughs> I don't know how I feel about board games as a battle royale but whatever <laughs> I agree with you on that one. All right, so this next one is a story that I really got interested in. I think it's really cool. It's about a game called Monte Crypto, which was a game that had 24 puzzles in it, and the first person to crack all 24 puzzles won yourself a Bitcoin, which at the time was valued around 9000 bucks. So it's really, you know, a treasure hunt type of game. And what's the prevailing, you know, attitude and mindset? Oh, whenever you put out puzzles, you get like four people on Reddit and they'll crack it inside of a day. So the two creators of this game made a bet. They were like, hey, how, how many days do you think it's going to be? Well, I think it's going to be three days. And the other guy said, oh, it's got to be five days maximum. It took people 63 days to crack all 24 puzzles in this game. But the really cool thing about it is not only were there like all different teams of like crackers and game detectives and people working together across, you know, the internet and Reddit to do this, but what's the other thing you think of in, you know, solving puzzles on Reddit? Well, they data mine and they crack the game and they do all the kind of hacks, which is what the creators knew was going to happen, so they made it so you had to do those things to figure out these puzzles. Like, 
items that were required for the puzzle would spawn outside of the map, so you had to figure out a way to glitch yourself or no-clip it or spawn yourself over where the item spawned to pick it up, then clip yourself back into the room to solve it. There was another one where it was just a computer monitor that says, who am I, or something like that. And so you had to crack into all the files and root through and, da- and you know data mine it up to find the solution. Another one, which obviously is near and dear to our hearts, is um, there was like there were two Morse code puzzles. One in which, if you weren't playing with a controller, you would never figure the puzzle out. But if you plugged it in in the middle of this puzzle, your controller would vibrate in Morse code. But it vibrated too fast, so people had to like record it vibrating, then slow it down, then parse it into Morse code. Another one, like the final puzzle, you were in a forest full of candles, and you'd go and touch each candle, and it would make a sound, but the sounds didn't go together. Did they didn't do anything? But each t- candle you touched put up like a little dot up in the sky. And if you touched them all, it made a little Morse code string, and you you know you parse that out, you figure it out. So it's just a really cool, like totally obscure, but then also in on it type of puzzle creation game of just we knew we know people are going to data mine and hack it, so we made it so you had to do that to play the game to get the puzzle to get the nine thousand bucks. The other cool thing about this is they were they were saying, you know, people were streaming this game trying to figure out and hack it at the same time, and Twitch was banning people because normally if you hack games apparently on Twitch, they'll ban you for doing that. So the creators had to be call up Twitch and be like, "Hey, no, this is actually what you have to do. This is like this is why we made it this way." So it's just totally interesting all the way around. I really love the story. I wish I could do any of these things so I could download this game and at least figure out how they did all this stuff and how I, you know what I would have to do to do it. I don't have those skills, but I just thought that was a really cool news story and just, you know, reaching across the internet, teams collaborating and then it taking way longer than anybody thought that kind of stuff ever would. Really outstanding stuff. Yeah, as you said, Matt, just above and beyond what I'm capable of doing. I'm an old stupid man. Cannot do anything like that. Yep. <laughs> I can't even figure out how to get most of these basic programs to work. <laughs> we couldn't figure out the Battleborn Easter egg. I mean, and well, that was all did. around no, Morse we code. Did. We did. Well, we, we figured out what we had to somebody, do, but we couldn't figure it out. Somebody smarter do the Morse code or something on this crap. That's true. <laughs> that was that's as far as we could get. <laughs> I wouldn't have gone the audio files and just picked it out. So you know, that was too far. Too far. Yeah. Number one. So as Matt foreshadowed, the last topic of the night was something that a lot of uh, different podcasts and outlets out there have talked about, so I thought we'd just drop our two cents on the subject. And that is Fortnite, PUBG, uh, before them, what was it, Um, the zombie one, Daisy, all these Battle Royale type games, of course, have hit the market. They're a huge success. Everyone's gone nuts over them. The big question is, do you think that this is just a fad, something that's going to come and go and then it'll be forgotten? Uh, do you think this is here to stay, that this this mode of play will be in and of itself like an entity, something that games are 100% based around like Fortnite is, except for the Save the World part, which nobody ever remembers or talks about, but you know, that's I okay. like it. Oh. <laughs> I like it too, we'll just say it. But PUBG, of course, is just based wholly off of that. And as we all know, EA, Activision, um, Ubisoft, they're all they're all jumping into the market. Everybody's got Battle Royale versions of their titles in the making as we speak, and who knows when they're coming, but they are coming guaranteed. 
So mm-hmm. with this in the middle of everything, Radical Heights, the game my, made by uh, um, Lawbreakers. Cliffy of, B. Yeah, Cliffy B. There it is. <laughs> He's popped <laughs> in there, getting in on the action, super early access. What is this, man? What are we looking at here? I think we're looking at a like one to three, maybe five years at the outset fad. I can't see this staying as like the dominant game type going forward or anything like that. I think this is going to be one of those things that gaming goes through as a fad and then either branches off from it or goes back to its roots to more traditional type gaming. I mean, Battle Royale is fun. Everybody loves it right now, but everyone loved, you know, crafting. Crafting elements were the big thing, like... Five to five ish, ten ish years ago, everything had to be all crafting, 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 and then it stopped. And now, you know, Fortnite Save the World still has crafting, but it's not, it's not as popular as it used to be. I mean, I've talked with Howard about this before. It's like I said, I told him, "Hey, Battle Royale is like the, the the thing now," and he goes, "I don't know. Minecraft still's pretty cool, right?" And I was like, "No, dude, Minecraft was cool. Minecraft was the thing. Now Battle Royale is the thing." But I don't see that like sustaining itself. I think. Once EA, Activision, all the big dogs go and like just dump all their money and there's like six or seven or eight Battle Royale games out there, people are going to get burned out. I mean, even even for Fortnite, they're going to add in too much stuff eventually and people are going to go, all right, I just played, I played enough of this. I need something else. Give me an RPG. Give me a platformer. Give me something. What do you think, dude? I would say you're partially right if I was to go and say anything. I think that it is going to be a few-year fad, but I think that we're going to get a mode that is permanently based in games after this. I think it's going to be a dumbed-down version of Battle Royale, however. I don't think it's going to stick to the 100v100 mode, and I don't even yeah. think uh, you know Ubisoft's and Activision, whoever's, I don't think all those modes are honestly going to stick to the 100-100, even though everyone says if it doesn't, it's not the same, it's kind of a cheap version of it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't buy that for a second. You get 30 versus 30, 50 versus 30, it's the same thing. I think mm. the Battle Royale is here to stay. I think it's going to be just like Horde Mode was when Gears of War threw that in. It's going to be in uh, every title good going example. forward. Yeah. I, I think Battle Royale is going to stick around. It's just going to be molded and changed into a, a smaller, uh, tighter experience. Battle Royale is basically just deathmatch. That's basically what it is. I think I think you're going to get it this this big bloated battle royale, and it's going to get tighter and tighter and tighter, and it's just get going to get back to like a CS:GO type deathmatch, where it's just going to be everyone's just for yourself, and there you go. And I think it'll distill the skill down, and people will find that they enjoy being skilled at that more than they like the battle royale. Because you know, I think you're right. I think it will just go back into death, you know, uh, free for all or whatever they call it, mm-hmm. but. And I'm in the same spot you are. How would do? Yeah, it's going to be refined, and it's yeah. going to be the better experience. It's going to have a little more added to it, maybe a, in a unique environment that is built literally for that mode. Just like, mm-hmm. of course, with Fortnite and PUBG's you know island that is built for that specifically and nothing else. Whereas yeah. in the past, they've just used multiplayer maps for everything and anything. I think we'll see mm-hmm. a, a blending of those two, yeah. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Man, we nailed it, man. Woo! There we go. There we it did is. it again. Woo! <laughs> God, just too good. Too good. So we're in agreement that it's not going to last forever, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go out on top. We're going to wrap it up like right it. now. Let's do it. Imposters wrap up. 
So, hey, what do you guys think the future of Battle Royale is? Do you like being sad and talking about love? Did you want Eric to talk about Galgun instead of whatever it was he talked about instead? Agatha can- Knife, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell us. Give us all your feedback. Give us comments. Give us suggestions. Give us concerns. Or just say hi. You can do any of that cool stuff via email at info at thirdshift.me. You can tweet at us at thirdshiftme, and you can find us on Facebook under Third Shift. And, of course, as usual, we do have a wonderful Patreon set up. If you like what you hear, think we're doing a fantastic job making you laugh, giving you knowledge, any of those wonderful things, please consider heading over there, throwing us one buck, five bucks, a thousand bucks, whatever it is you can spare, think we're worth it is more than helpful we treat it like a tip jar so never feel obligated to always have to keep doing it but you know what if you like what you're hearing i would say hey why not because it helps us keep the lights on keep the show running without dipping into pockets and of course going broke and then i gotta live on the streets and all sorts of bad things happen but money is money and if you cannot donate via that way please consider going on to the different uh, areas giving us likes five star ratings uh reviews uh, comments, messages, you know, anything and everything is very much needed and helpful to us, and we appreciate it all. That's right, we certainly do. And of course, this podcast drops every two weeks on Tuesday, so we'll be back in your ear holes on the 15th of May for our very next episode. You can find those episodes on iTunes, on Stitcher, and on Podbean. And as Eric always says, if you like what we're doing, you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out, and we really do appreciate it. Just help us with those five stars on the iTunes. Yeah. And with that beautiful melody, I'm just going to say, don't, don't forget, forget to, to say. say. Beautiful. <laughs>